0: back. We're at episode 72. We're almost to the end of Spinal Tap Minute. Um, Sad but true. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) this is um, Heidi Bennett, as usual. um, And I'm from HeidiBennett.com and also Cabin
1: Minute Cast coming up
0: soon.
1: And once again, I am Sean German from Five MinutesofMime.com. And our special guest today, you know him from such podcasts as Five Minutes of Trouble and 12 Chimes It's Midnight. He seems to like podcasts with numbers in the name.
0: <laughs>
1: it's Brett. Brett, welcome. Thank you for joining us.
2: Hi, how are you guys doing? Good. I made it.
0: Yeah, I made it. Great.
2: <laughs> as as this whole Nation of podcasting expands of movies by minute. There's some I don't, I'm not that interested in, but there's some I gotta be on, and this is one of them. Spinal Tap minute. So thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So glad to have you join us here at the uh, the Tale of the pup.
2: I have arrived, and, <laughs> uh, and I'm ex- I am very excited to to. Meet you both. Yeah, I'm meeting you both. Even though you know we're separated yeah, by miles yeah. and microphones, you know Heidi and I have sort of known each other off and on in a way. Kind of, we've been in the same room many times, <laughs> and we've,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, we've probably um, shared a bathroom slash green room here and there in the yeah, Sacramento yeah. Bay Area zone.
2: Yeah, we we both have band experience. I'm I'm betting even money that uh, our bands. Whichever bands we were in at the time, because it's always musical chairs, we're on the same bill at, at some hole in the wall somewhere in greater Northern California. And, uh, and Sean, I've, I've enjoyed uh, typing at you back and forth on places like Indiana Jones listeners crusade. Yeah, sure. Yes. We we've, <laughs> we've had
1: quite a few back oh, and yeah. on the... Uh... Yeah. In, in the crusade and various listener groups on the Facebook, yeah.
2: I, I think we've rewritten a couple of Indiana Jones movies or recast them. I remember <laughs> we were very – like, you know what, what uh, Temple of Doom needs is Edward G. Robinson. So we were ready to parachute Edward G. Robinson into Temple of Doom, <laughs> But that's another – Uh, time for another podcast.
0: Yes, for another forum or... yes. so we've all communicated with each other, either through music or through language of some sort. (laughs)
1: Language, (laughs) yes. So that's a tale for a different minute, but we are here today to discuss Minute 72 of the movie This is Spinal Tap. And Minute 72 starts with Janine and a party guest discussing the crowd, the turnout... We end with David talking about wanting to do a collection of his acoustic. And in between, David and Derek are just ready to put dirt on the coffin of Spinal Tap. (laughs) They're they're talking about how awful it was and
2: what they're going (laughs) to do next. Their retirement opportunities. They, They never liked Spinal Tap to begin with.
0: And we don't want to end up being some (laughs) 45-year-old buddy duddies or whatever they say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just to be, you know, yeah, 45-year-old rock and rollers farting around in front of people less than half their age.
2: (laughs) So quick they turn. You can't fire me. I quit. kind of thing, like. Now, should we – would you jump in on, on that conversation or should we go backwards to uh, the lovely Janine and, uh, and her guests? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Let's
2: not, let's not jump too far ahead. Sure. So
1: Janine is making a comment about how hard it is to get people at the last minute. And, you know, you can't arrange it all overnight. Like, wouldn't this the, – the tour would have been planned out weeks in advance. They'd know the last day that the tour ends in L.A., why why was this party planned at the last minute? What's going on, Janine?
0: Well, I mean, to defend Janine, <laughs> something I don't think I've ever done on this <laughs> I podcast. finally
1: got you. Heidi, defend <laughs> Janine. Go.
0: Sean, <laughs> it may be that the tour ended shorter than they expected because of cancellations. Mm. But also, um, maybe Ian dropped the ball and Ian hadn't planned a, you know, a welcome party or anything. So maybe she was, you know, maybe she's really actually trying to do something to help raise the spirits of the guys at last minute and maybe, you know, try to do some... Spinning in the press, although that Rolling Stone lady from the minute before isn't helping out much, (laughs) say, you know.
1: But I like yeah, let's let's blame Ian, the guy who's not here to defend himself. Well though for all we know, there may be another party somewhere. Ian may have planned something and just not told anyone and kind of (laughs) just took that information with him when he left. Somewhere out you know, somewhere on the other side of town, there's another yeah. party. A bunch of people waiting for waiting for Spinal Tap to show up.
0: Yeah, Rodney Bingenheimer's probably at that. Party. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah,
1: yeah, Rodney Absolutely. and Pamela and, and the gang—they're all at the other part yeah. <laughs> with with Sunny and Cher, and you know, everyone's there. Yeah.
2: yeah, remember this is this is Hollywood, California, 1982. Yeah. Right. So you can just picture. Yeah, I, I'll bet you everyone's at it's Duke's end of the tour party.
0: Right. Everyone's
2: there. Yeah, it's Duke's party, and that's the one to be at. No one's going to be at the Spinal Tap party.
0: yeah Yeah, that's actually that's a good point also like currently just to line up like reality with this podcast and this (laughs) movie is that paul shortino right now is actually in japan he's touring japan right now so he's oh that's right yeah he's uh, he's doing his (laughs) spinal tap so he's big in japan Yeah. yeah he's big in japan
1: Oh, that's right. I I read that. I, I didn't think to bring it up, but yeah. So yeah, Paul Shortino's in uh, in Japan. That's good. So I and I wonder if this is um, one of the areas where you know, even though Janine had been around the band and kind of seen what Ian was doing, she doesn't you know really understand show business that she would want to she would want to invite people that would want to see Spinal Tap. But I think she would need to invite guests that would attract other guests. That if she got like one, like one, you know, one famous person or one interesting person, that you would get a better turnout from people. You know, people go to parties to see the other guests. Yeah. They're not necessarily there to see the host. And so if she approached this planning of like, hey, come out and see Spinal Tap. You, you know, you don't get a great turnout, but if she could get, you know, one or two high pro- high-profile guests and kind of dangle them out there, that you'd get a better turnout. And, and that may not be – she may not know to take that kind of approach to
2: a Hollywood show business type crowd. Or, or – ooh, the light bulb just went off here. Mm. Here's In my alternate reality Spinal Tap fan fiction, which I write, <laughs> <laughs> here's – Here's the deleted scene I'm writing in my brain right now. Uh, she pissed off Bobby Fleckman.
0: Oh, oh. And, I love this.
2: Yeah, and Bobby just pulled the plug and made like I think with with Bobby, she made one phone call. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, they're at the hotel. Yeah, just just kill it, and she just <laughs> so you know. <laughs> Oh, she made it. that place a radioactive waste dump, so no one's going to be. Oh my
0: God! One phone yeah, call from
2: Bobby man. Fleckman.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, and she could do it, Bob. Bobby, yeah, could yeah. could do it. Definitely. You do, you do not want to get on on her bad side.
2: I I like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, I have a soft spot for Janine, maybe because uh, I I have a a thirty five year old uh, crush on June Chadwick. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's not enough Jude Chadwick out there for me, but, uh, I, I can't see Janine and Bobby getting along.
0: Yeah. I I can see
2: that happening. I can see, uh, again, deleted scene. I can see Janine walking into a room and, you know, asking Bobby to, you know, freshen her drink and she's like, wait a minute, honey. (laughs) 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 I'm not the help. And it's just, it's over. (laughs) So... Yeah, I'll be writing that and I'll post it on the on the Groupy page, the uh, the Janine and Bobby catfight.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Please do. Yeah, unfortunately we are we are robbed of that of that scene that Bobby kind of makes her exit from the Life of Spinal Tap before Janine shows up, so we don't get to see that meeting. Yeah.
2: And I'd like to think in reality uh with with the actresses involved and the whole improvisational nature of this film that yeah, they would have torn it up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Good stuff. Good stuff.
0: Well, one thing I noticed about this little blip here at the beginning um, is the um, woman that's between Janine and this guy with the the snap cap. She's got a Uriah Heap t-shirt on, (laughs) which I thought was a nice detail because we've heard through the grapevine that Derek Smalls. A.K.A. Harry Shearer actually like did a little traveling with Uriah Heep before the show to kind of get a feel for being w- what it's like to be a real touring band on the road and stuff like oh, that. So, yeah, yeah, that I thought That's that was a- cool.
1: And then wasn't the uh, the the keyboardist that David Caff replaced? Wasn't that the keyboardist from Uriah Heap? Don't recall. If I recall correctly, yeah, that's how he got the job that Uriah Heap was the, uh, I forget the name, but yeah, the keyboardist from Uriah Heap is in the 20-minute pilot they did to, to help okay. sell the show. And then Uriah Heap were going out on tour when it came time to film the movie. And that's how uh, the opening for David Caff uh, arrived. So there's a, another a double dose of Uriah Heap uh, connection there. So, uh, yeah, good. I actually hadn't, I, I, I kind of wondered who that was. She kind of, I got like a, a groupy feel that everyone else is kind of dressed for a, uh, you know, a fancy, kind of just a fancy party. And she's, in, you know, kind of in a t-shirt, but, uh.
0: Who's dressed for a fancy party, Sean? Uh, okay. Besides the band and Janine. <laughs> Well, Every, i mean maybe oh, like they are the, i just i'm not trying to challenge you okay, i'm just wondering all like right maybe,
1: maybe, <laughs> maybe fancy. i mean they're not you know it's not black tie and ball gowns but the the gentleman that janine is talking to is in uh you know a collared shirt and a tie that's okay. snappy cap Cole. his maybe name yeah and snappy this snappy cap. Cap. Yeah. And
0: speaking of snappy cat Brett, now I feel like <laughs> this guy is at every single gig I've ever played in my life. Yeah. Like this, whatever era, like this guy is always there, lurking or sometimes being helpful or sometimes yeah. being per- pervy or something. But yeah, yeah what, I, what uh... do you take?
2: Yeah, that's it. I I'm 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 writing the um I'm doing the uh, FBI profile on him that he is your consummate <laughs> music nerd mm-hmm. who has a fanzine uh called I'm trying to think of like some obscure Kink song that he has named the fanzine right. after and he has that overbearing way of you know, he'll conduct an interview with somebody and it'll become him talking about uh, that person's <laughs> music. You know, right. the first time I listened to your album, I noticed how well it was mixed. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's because I mixed it. Um, right. So, yeah, he's like consummate music nerd. And um, he's. I'll I tell you, watching this minute, he's been driving me crazy because I tried to find out who he really was. Uh, you get the feeling he may have actually been like a, a staff photographer for Rolling Stone or something like that. And they just put him in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. also wondered if he. I I suspect he might be Tommy Smothers' stand-in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, regardless, I think he was a substitute teacher I had when I was in the <laughs> seventh <grade. laughs> nineteen seventy-seven. He looked sort of like every substitute teacher I ever had in the seventies.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I thought he just had a great a great look, and you're right, Sean. He is he is dressed pretty fancy. Well and he that- does have
1: I, I wish we got a, a better look at him from further away a little bit, because he's got a lot of straps. So yeah. he's 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 probably got like a, a satchel bag or a side bag, but then there's like a couple straps around his neck. So I don't know, maybe uh yeah, he's got a camera or something he's he's toting yeah. around. But I don't I don't think he's from any actual magazine. He just
2: yeah. he just carries he might a camera. Be a free,
0: he freelancer, yeah. yeah.
2: You know, another theory I have he also looks like he could be a comedy writer. Like you know, some pal of you know some pal of Shears or McKeon's or you know, I you know as many times as I've watched this movie, I I can't recall who produced it, so I wonder if he's yeah like uh, Rob Reiner's partner in this. He's the producer, and he's this is his cameo because yeah, he looks he looks official in some way. Well, not official, but you know. He's he's he made sure the craft services got here at, at seven. So, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, there there are a couple uh,
1: there are a couple credits people listed as L.A. party guest or a couple guys as L.A. party guest. I'm not ah, sure if he's one of those. It's it's hard to say.
2: Yeah, because uh, yeah, because everybody's an L.A. party guest. <laughs> really, if you think about it, you know, bright sunny Cleveland with all its palm trees.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah totally hello cleveland hello yeah some one of our other guests had a theory that that um the ethereal guess the ethereal fan that she brought the palm trees with her wherever she went oh So I like that's that. why we see palm trees in new york is because she brought them with her wow <laughs> that was
2: cool she's like some la heavy metal version of poison ivy <laughs> <laughs> she's palm tree poly and that's her power
0: that's
2: her, that's her superpower yeah
0: so yeah anything else specific to this little moment in exchange with janine trying to pull together a last minute which is like we we mentioned the minute before brett that there's about 12 people here and <laughs> five of them are old ladies yeah. <laughs> fully <laughs> dressed just on the lounge chairs by the pool
2: well, I got to look at that minute. I'd, I'd like to think one of those old ladies was Mrs. Reiner.
0: That would be cool.
2: I bet you, like, <laughs> Rob Reiner's mom and her bridge friends. So that's little theory. but
0: I was trying to figure out how I could throw, I'll have what she's having into this mix somehow, but I can't quite figure out how to do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Was Now, to jump into another movie and another potential movies by minute, uh, was that... Rob Reiner's mom, or that that actress with that it line, was somebody's or somebody's
0: mom, because Billy Crystal's mom,
1: Martin Scorsese's mother.
0: It was not Martin Scorsese's mother. No, it was because isn't it
1: the same mother from Goodfellas?
0: No, it's somebody's. I feel like this is one of those things where you say like everybody listening is going duh because it's like an iconic story from when Harry met Sally, but it is yeah. when they do that fake orgasm scene it is somebody's mother that's somebody's playing mom, that part yeah. yeah we could easily look that up yeah. but i'm not so, everybody knows it so yeah.
2: dear listeners what you must do now one of you <laughs> must take up the mantle and the cause and start the when harry met sally minute yes And at that moment and then in the movie we will say it's minute 35 then you have all of us on as guests
0: yeah, sounds good. You sounds know
2: your good. mission. Go
0: forth. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast. You're, you will now be in the Meathead Minutes universe along Ooh, with us. And, the Meathead Minutes. And the uh the other guys over at uh, Princess Bride. The Princess Bride Minute. So yeah, that's all I had about that little section myself. Just this kind of uh then we move over to um to David and Derek having their little aside over a, here—a
2: heart to heart. Yes, this yes. is this is a very proactive Derek Smalls. He's staging a coup. He's taking over the band. <laughs> and well, in one,
0: the, yeah, go ahead.
2: Oh, in the process, actually, why don't you go ahead? Then I'll jump in with what I have to say. And this all
0: is, right, Sounds this good. is how we
2: do it, folks. This Let's is do it. Let's volley. Wire it. <laughs>
0: um, so, well, one thing I thought was. An astute observation by my husband Brian, while we are watching this minute together as lovers do, um, <laughs> is that that Derek is rocking back and forth fairly vigorously during this whole scene, and um, so Brian looked up, you know the the. Why people do that, <laughs> um the sudden onset of rocking back and forth, almost like a metronome in psychology today. They describe it as um it's for extremely stressful situations, you know, terrible news, horrific events, and that this is a way to, you know, um, try to self-soothe by this rocking back and forth. And I thought that was a great observation. I mean, I noticed him rocking, but that, yeah, that the rocking back and forth is really telling a different story, is that he keeps saying, like, everything's fine, everything's great, we've got all these other projects, and finally we can do them, and we don't have to, you know, he's really deflecting what's going on, and almost like going into a a, a fugue state or something, yeah. <laughs> of, like, uh, pretending that it's all fine, and that he's finally going to be able to work on all these other projects, and all this, and... Um, but yeah, his body is is um, giving up. What's really going on? Which is he may be in a state of of trauma.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the, the well, the contrast because ever
0: Follow since that up, Brett. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready.
2: I'm ready. But I, but uh, uh, go ahead, because I think you, I knew where you were you were going with this.
0: Yeah, go, Sean.
2: Oh well, I was just say the contrast because really since
1: Nigel left. Uh, you know, David's been very very sedate <laughs> right yeah uh, and and sedated as well. Uh, exactly. so he's you know he's very withdrawn and very calm and and in a lot of denial yeah uh, and then Derek is kind of comforting himself the opposite way of sort of we're getting the 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 manic and the depression.
2: Uh, you know, David's yeah. depressive
1: and Derek yeah. is being manic,
2: yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And David actually here looks like he's just come back from the methadone clinic. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Michael McKean looks just yeah. wonder, wonderfully burnt out. Yes. He's yeah. it they are in LA and with the era here he he may have been with Jeff Spicoli. <laughs> yeah.
0: Definitely. There's a
2: real you know you, you you wonder if it's McKean's acting style or maybe just, you know, that many hours on the rooftop, his eyes were burning. Yeah. But yeah, he has this, he looks comfortably numb. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree completely.
2: And um, what, what gets me, you know, who doesn't love Harry Shearer? But, you know, it's interesting that here's this guy who's, a, you know, renowned for his voiceovers. Yes. And what cracks me up is his cockney is coming and going. It's the incredible Shrinking Cockney. It's like, David, we don't need this band. We can do other projects. You right, know, right. The one, what we've been talking about for years. And it's, uh, I mean, to be fair, you know, that they're improvising here. I don't know how much pre-planning they did for Saucy Jack, but you know, they're all on a high wire act. So it is noticeable yeah. how Harry Shearer's accent is uh title here. It comes and it goes. And, uh, it's it's particularly ironic in that I just I just found out a a gem of trivia about Mr. Harry Shearer just an hour ago. This one, my brain literally exploded. There's bits of brain all around all my chair from this. Yeah, I just you. I think you guys uh, mentioned this on an earlier show, but you know Harry Shearer, child actor in Southern California in the 40s and 50s, uh, was on the Jack Benny show, and as a result, he was a uh, a friend and mentored by the legendary Mel Blanc.
0: Mm, that's mm. awesome. Isn't yeah. That- we,
2: I,
1: I was not aware of that previously, but that's, you know, that would would make sense with the voiceovers. Mel yeah. Blanc, the voice of Bugs Bunny, and, and so many others, of course. Yeah.
2: There's a, an amazing picture I found that we'll, we'll post on the groupie page of uh, – you know, a table of writers and Mel Blanc with Jack Benny, and there's there's a little tiny, mustacheless Derek Smalls.
0: <laughs>
2: you know how some some people, you look at pictures of them as kids, and it's just, oh, that's a kid. You look at some people, and it's, oh, it's a small you. And yeah, there was a very small, prepubescent Harry Shearer there. Sweet. It's, Sweet. It's, uh, it's pretty funny how much he looked like Harry Shearer when he was 10 years old.
0: Cool. Yeah, I look forward to looking at that and sharing it with everybody, if you'll be so kind as to share that image with us. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) It's one of my favorite things to do on these podcasts is uh, just, yeah, share those little tidbits.
0: Yeah, that is so cool. Um, Yeah, we had not unearthed that. So consider our minds also exploded. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: (laughs) Now, Sean, you mentioned the line that Derek says about uh you know who ne- to paraphrase who needs a forty five year old rock star, or what what's what's the actual line? Yeah, it's who. who
1: uh, <laughs> I mean, who who wants to be a fucking forty five year old rock star farting around in front of people less than half their age? Or sorry, no, it's actually who wants to be a fucking forty five year old rock and roller farting around in front of people less than half their age? <laughs> is the is the line? Yeah. yeah,
2: this reminds me of Mick Jagger's. Uh, <laughs> Famous at the time, but forgotten now, quote of, I'd, I'd rather be dead than singing Satisfaction at 40. Yeah. Yeah. All the way to the bank. But, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go ahead and step into the Spinal Tap universe and go completely canon here that um, I don't think David or Derek is 45.
0: No, I think they're saying they that if they continued – yeah. They would be forty-five. Like if they kept milking. That's what I took from it. Because right. I think they're supposed to be in their late thirties.
2: Exactly. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. they're
1: like coming up on 40. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, again, I think, you know, Shearer probably improvising in this scene. Just, you know, 45 came to mind and he went with it. But yeah. it did It did have a pause there. And and it's like, yeah, exactly. It's it's interesting that McKean and Shearer, uh, you know, McKenna, i looked up, was born in 47. That could be about when David was born. You figure he'd be a little younger than, say, Jagger or Lennon and mm-hmm. McCartney. Uh, and so, yeah, you kind of picture that might be an 18-year-old David St. Hubbins on that BBC show singing, giving some money. Right. Um, yeah, I think way too much about this. Uh, <laughs> well, so, well, so then they'd, they'd only be about 35
1: and then Derek potentially younger. So thirty five yeah. for for Nigel and David here. Yeah, yeah. and uh, well, yeah. Actually, I like no, I like that. Yeah. yeah, it kind of because just sorry to jump in. No, that's a, no go for but it. Break like the wind. Was that I? I'm I have no memory for dates. Wasn't that ninety two? Yeah, about ninety two. So, Ten years later. So if they're thir- if 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 we assume Dar- David is born the same year Michael is, which would be 47. So they're 35 here now. When Break Like the Wind comes out, he's 45.
2: Ooh.
1: Ooh. The same age
2: he said he didn't want to be doing this anymore. More fan fiction, because you know Janine's going to do all this astrological, numerological. (laughs) David, your your number is 45. When you are 45... (laughs) Your life will break like the wind. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, yeah. On kind of a semi, this realist, semi-realistic track we're taken. I mean, that also it helps to explain these characters and their behavior. You know, we we sometimes we forget that you know these these rock stars, these legends, were kids when they became world famous, and some of them, you know, their maturity just stopped right there. Oh, sure. So when you see, yeah. So when you see, is this a joke? It's you know, <laughs> you guys have no coping skills. <laughs> you know, they they're just you know over the hill teenagers. So totally.
1: Um, well, yeah. When they're they're up on stage, it's just that's their childhood. Yeah. Preserved. Yeah. Like like a stuffed moose.
0: Like a stuffed moose. (laughs) (laughs) Save it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Do we want to talk about Saucy Jack? Oh, gosh. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Moving ahead.
2: Heidi, I am in your debt because I just thought, number one, I just thought Saucy Jack was something they made up, a funny term. Um. Well, number one, I you just you sent me uh the actual song there <laughs> the actual number "Saucy Jack," which is a pretty awesome song. Yeah. Did, so
0: um, yeah, go ahead, Sean.
1: I was just gonna say, so yeah, they did. I think it was around two thousand nine that they released uh, "Saucy Jack," and they've they've done it in concert since then. Yeah, they've performed not not the full musical, but at least that that song, the 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 titular song.
2: Of the the musical and it's catchy as hell. I oh, love that. You know, I I missed it until now, but it's a it's a great little song and you know a reminder that no matter how silly they get or how you know what the lyrics are, these are good songwriters. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, catchy totally. tunes and uh, yeah, Saucy Jack just has that. You know that. British rock meets old English musical sound of, say, you know, the Beatles for the benefit of Mr. Kite. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I like I said, I always thought Saucy Jack was just some funny thing that they came up with as improvising, but no. Well, there's they a,
0: probably it, did, but then they recorded it. I mean, then they decided to take that and, and turn yeah, it t- into something real. So. Yeah, turn
2: it into a song, but the, there's actually – a historical uh precedence to the name saucy jack. <laughs> that was uh there's what's if you're a if you're a fan of Jack the Ripper, like I'm a fan of Jack the Ripper. And sure, who isn't who isn't. isn't? But uh in, in Jack the Ripper lore there's a rather famous postcard that The Ripper allegedly sent, I think, Scotland Yard on October first, eighteen eighty-eight, and he makes a reference to himself, saying, "You know, you won't catch Saucy Jack."
0: Mm, Another excellent detail.
2: Yeah, these guys are good. Folks, yeah, folks, these these podcasts are edumacational. You learn (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Saucy Jack was a real thing. Yeah,
0: that's cool. That's a good detail. Thanks for bringing... You're bringing the goods, man.
2: I like it. This is what I love. It's it's the little stuff that's under the surface.
0: So, yeah, anything that you had, Sean, about old Saucy Jack?
1: Well, just that once again, we see that Spinal Tap is right behind the wave of what everyone else is doing. Yep. (laughs) So there are actually... Well, not maybe not right behind in this case, but they are following a trend. Uh there were actually two different musicals in Britain on the life of Jack the Ripper that were staged in 1973. Mm. So there was Ripper and then the, the Jack the Ripper show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> and then in 74, there was Jack the Ripper, the musical. Oh, so wow. That in turn influenced uh, Stephen Sondheim, who wrote Sweeney Todd, right. which is not about Jack the Ripper, but is another musical about a serial killer. So they're you know they're they're kind of breaking new ground in terms of <laughs> digging up old trends that have already kind of passed by. So there were actually yeah, a number of you know modern musicals in Britain on on Jack the Ripper. When, when they came around.
2: Sean, what's left of my brain matter has exploded again <laughs> because I just assumed, yeah, Sweeney Todd was, had been a big hit about that era. Mm-hmm. And I just, okay, let's do a, a little comic nod to Sweeney Todd. And I, no idea that somebody had actually tried to do a musical, uh, variety, hopefully a comedy about Jack the river, Re- Jack the river. That's another guy, Jack the River. Jack
0: the River, the Jack saucy the river.
2: river. Yeah, the saucy, yeah, the saucy river. Uh, but yeah, a Jack the Ripper musical, brilliant, brilliant. So thanks for bringing that to my attention. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know, likewise. What we
1: thanks, Sean. And I, and I would kind of like to see. So there's, you know, they did release the single song, and uh, we'll link to it on the, you know, in the social media. I I would like to see them do a full on musical. You know, there's been things like uh, Book of Mormon, where we've seen, uh, you know, artists and comedians from other forms of of entertainment that were not traditional, music, writers of, of Broadway musicals or, or playwriters and those kind of folks kind of cross over and be successful. And, and like like you said, Brett, that these guys are great songwriters. That I think if they uh, if they took some time to uh, to explore that theme and give us the the full musical, um, yeah. I would
2: I would check it out. I would expect it to be pretty good. I'm with you. I'm with you. And to take that one incredibly weird step further in the twilight zone, yeah, I would like to see them do do it format wise as a behind the scenes, you know, preparation for the show, which they they've, they've kind of done in terms of like Best in Show and Waiting for Guffman, mm-hmm. but. You know, I, I have this little pet fantasy of Guest and McKeon and Shearer doing a project where all of their characters interact. So you have, uh, say, Michael McKeon's Mighty Wind character talking to Nigel Tufnell and and back and forth, and they would do, they would be playing multiple roles, but it would be all their characters. Uh, going back and forth and possibly using CGI. So they're all on screen together, but... um, Oh my
0: God, like an orphan black
2: ultimate. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: That would be a lot of fun to see. Yeah. Yeah, especially like seeing Corky trying to like wrangle everybody (laughs) together and put on a show. (laughs) Corky
2: wrangling Nigel (laughs) to have them interact and... you know so many great characters that they've come up with and uh and I think it would be a perfect opportunity to uh to bring back Lenny and Squiggy for one final uh encore too, so yeah.
0: That's Mm. a great idea. Well, when they win this bazillion trillion dollar lawsuit against Vivendi, then maybe they'll celebrate with a burst of collaborative creativity, and we'll see that come to to life. Right. Well, then
1: then they'll be able to retire, and they'll suddenly have time for all these these projects.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of retiring, I know – Brent, that we're going to have you for the next minute. Is there anything else specific to this minute we want to talk about, or shall we wrap it up? and? Um,
1: shall
2: we retire, um, minute, retire 72?
0: minute 72? Retire minute 72.
2: You know, you may have noticed I, I brought this uh, soapbox that I think this is a good time for me to stand <laughs> on and just say that, uh, yeah, let, let's just talk for a moment about the the concept album. And, and the rock opera and all these very pretentious projects. Because, uh, yeah, Sean, you were saying how, you know, TAP would be, as usual, like one or two years too late to get on the bandwagon. And, you know, mm-hmm. this is – it's June right now. This is the 50th anniversary of uh, – the release of Sgt. Pepper, mm-hmm. and you know, and the and the and the duality of one of the great albums released, but all the crummy albums that it begat, um, because for <laughs> every for every great yeah. concept album, for every Pink Floyd, there's Garth Brooks' Life of Chris Gaines, <laughs> <laughs> or Sticks Kilroy was here, or Kisses Music from the Elder, and uh, you know, my own personal favorite, Edgar Winter's Mission Earth. Oh, mush. Which is, uh, I'll, I'll send that one to you guys. It's a piece of work. It's uh, <laughs> it's a musical soundtrack that he wrote to a uh, an L. Ron Hubbard science fiction novel oh, in 1988. Oh, wow. And oh, it's, yes. been, Please, yeah, yeah, it's bad. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, I don't
1: you know, the way you set it up, I'm like, how can you miss?
2: <laughs> well, it's, it, yeah. <laughs> I'm speechless. My head would explode again. Uh how speechless. could you leave you
1: speechless? Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. The the rock and Roll opera score to a book from The Father of Dianetics.
2: Yeah. You know. Yeah, with with a with I'm kind sold. of a yeah, with kind of a boogie wooji backbeat. Sweet. It's, yeah, it's it's uh yeah, it's it's a real piece of work and um yeah. You'll as uh my my gift to you guys for allowing me on your show is I will, I will send you uh, uh, this album, which you must hear. Uh, Sweet. And then you'll never have me on the show again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yes. Well, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, very good stuff from everybody here on this episode. And I look forward to us, uh, talking for episode 73 minute 73 i believe you'll be uh, maybe sharing some of your own spinal tap moments maybe we can <laughs> tease that <laughs> I,
2: I i have tapped i have i have walked in the path of tap but we can we can save that for tomorrow
0: that sounds good so um yeah we'll wrap up episode 72 and um you know, you'll find us at SpinalTapMinute.com dot com for here to eternity, and <laughs> there <laughs> we shall be. And uh, let's see, I think that's about it from from me for this episode.
1: Yeah, and so Brett, <laughs> if if folks want to hear, you know, want to hear more from you up on your soapbox,
2: yes, yes, where can well I- listeners find you? Well, I'm, I am currently feverishly writing Spinal Tap fan fiction, and I hope to have that website going soon. But in the meantime, there is uh, the much-celebrated movie-by-minute podcast I did with the great Mr. Josh Horowitz called Five Minutes of Trouble, uh, an examination into John Carpenter's uh, big level Lublin- and Big lub- big rubble in little biga.
0: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, big That's rubble in little That's One of my favorite movies.
2: <laughs> big trouble in little China. China. Well China. Uh, when China. we were yeah, China, we were very uh, right. radical. We tried to do it five minutes at a time. I'll
0: yeah, I'd like to pick your brain about that maybe off. <laughs> off uh... Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd be yeah, yeah, happy to share.
1: And that that's one of my favorite movies. I mean, just so much fun, that the the big trouble. And then the the way you guys did it for the you know, if any of our listeners aren't familiar, to do it rather than five daily shows a week, just one big five minute chunk uh, once a week and it uh it was nice. it was I, I think it, it worked very well for that movie just to kind of not not dice it up into too small a chunk, but to be able to just kind of attack five minutes at a time. and uh, it was a good job. So I certainly recommend folks if you if you like movies, that's a good one. and if you like people talking about movies, they talk about one five minutes at a time.
2: Ah, oh, thanks, Sean. Yeah, we uh, we like to call it the digest version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of the weekly wrap-up. It's mm-hmm. like an NPR show. It's like, it's Saturday morning. We're going to talk about John Carpenter's Five Biddles in Little Rubble. <laughs> uh,
0: so. so, yeah. And then uh, if there's any other projects or podcasts you want to plug, we'll maybe do that in our, our next episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so that we don't talk for like an hour here. Not that I couldn't talk with you fellas for the rest of
1: my life.
2: No, we'll save it. You want to tune in tomorrow because you can hear more about me. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we'll tease. We'll hang that out there. If you want to hear more about Brett, you'll just have to come on back tomorrow for Minute 73. Awesome. But until next time, and so say all of us,
0: tap tap into into
1: America. America.
0: Speaking of John Carpenter, I just want to throw in here that there's just been a Movies by Minutes new, a launching new um, project, which is, okay, I just blanked on it, you guys another thing? great we look, yeah about the yeah thing? yeah the yeah. thing the thing thank you god my brain you know it's a pretty hot day here in <laughs> Oakland California <laughs> yeah. Nah, <that's... laughs> um, so yeah the thing minute is is coming up there's been a teaser episode zero out oh. and it already sounds fantastic even in our little movies by minutes group people are kind of like oh dude did you did you hear it it's great you know we're all kind of feverishly waiting for episode one but um, episode zero Came in real strong, so seek out the Thing Minute. Um, I'm assuming there's a website, but I definitely
2: know they're on uh, on Twitter. So I just like the The title Thing Thing Minute. Minute. Yeah, Yeah, Thing Thing Minute. Minute. (laughs) I'm all over that. I'm dying to hear that. I'm not just a podcaster; I'm also a fan. (laughs) I choked.